to Gaming the System, where we are going to bring to you one of our bonus rounds. And I'm here with Matt and Alex. And today we are talking about, I don't know, is it is it outrageous or amazing or awesome or our favourite costumes? But anyway, notable. costumes. We're talking about notable costumes today. So we're doing our top uh, nine. So we're doing three each as we are missing Caroline. He's off on her holidays. Um, so um, I'm going to start with Matt, please. Okay. So my first costume, I think I'm going to go with uh, the iconic, the start of a, a dynasty, Altair from the first Assassin's Creed game. Because now that we are... 10 years, 10 years on from the first Assassin's Creed game. It's one of those franchises where you can't imagine it not having existed. Um, and that the, it's such an iconic look, the eagle looking like hood. Not quite as cool when I go like that. Um, <laughs> and the, the shape of the robes, the, um, the white and the red, and the, of course, the one of the most iconic weapons in the history of gaming is the hidden blade. Um, I remember just being completely floored by this game when it came out because no one had ever done such massive open worlds um, that you could traverse. As everyone loves free running, getting free running right makes the game just incredible. One of the best free running. Um, games is dying light whereas a zombie apocalypse and you're sprinting through this fantastic middle eastern city and just getting the the flow of everything and you properly feel like this ninja assassin and the look of it is so important and you really get that that feeling from from playing in this costume mm. It's, um, the belt is very reminiscent of the um, like uh, wrestling the belt. <laughs> the same sort of look going on there. But I can say it's practical because it looks like he's got knives in there or, or something. There's pockets there. So it's like a practical but iconic outfit. Yeah, I like mm -hmm. that. That's very cool. Okay, Alex, who's your first or what's your first? Oh. Now that Matt has mentioned Altair, I'm going to go for the next person in that uh, game series, which is Ezio from Assassin's Creed 2, which takes the original outfit oh. one step further and is, I would say, one of the most recognisable uh, outfits from the series because he's, he's got that red collar um, and obviously the red cape behind him as well. And it just takes Altair's outfit to another level and it represents the Renaissance, which is the period that you play in. Um, and it's grandiose and it's, it's kind of pompous in a way almost. Um, so it's just re reflecting the character of Ezio Auditorio di Firenze, um, in all his Italian splendor. And, um, I think it's definitely the, one of the outfits that carries on through the series as a legacy because it's always an unlockable outfit in every Assassin's Creed game, pretty much since as far as I can remember. 
Um, that and Alto too. So I'd say we've kicked off pretty well with the most classic outfits from the Assassin's Creed series <laughs> as double Assassin's Creed fans. It really yeah, was. Like, um, like... No, go ahead. No, no, go on, Matt. It was um, the Assassin's Creed Two was really a renaissance of the the franchise itself. It started off being very, it was very like sandy and grey, and the colours were very dampened. But then they properly went, okay, we're going to go to Renaissance Italy, and the colours exploded out in the extravagance, and they made the cat the main character much more playful and charismatic and less serious. And they made his costume so much more. Uh, there's a vibrancy um, that comes along with um, Assassin's Creed 2 and the other Ezio ones. And yes, I think my favourite part of this uh, costume is the. Um, it's not a cape, is it? Yeah, I don't know I'd, what you I'd call it. I describe it as a cape. I'm sorry, but I remember it was so cool because whenever you do anything, yeah. it flops behind you. Yeah. And then when you stand still for a second, you go and it goes again and, and flops and flops back over. And I th- I thought that was awesome. And be, when you when you go, I think uh, I don't know if you can do it in number two, but in the other ones you can change the color yeah. of it. And that changing, being able to change color up until they stopped they stopped really emphasizing it after I think Assassin's Creed Unity. Assassin's Creed Unity has some of the the most incredible costumes in it and there's so much diversity of choice that's uh i i wish they'd go back into doing that because they mm. they do it really well mm. yeah i like that it's interesting he's got he's got a beard in this one he, he i don't think he had a beard yeah. in the first one yeah okay so, also yeah we'll have to do an episode on best facial hair we are gonna have yeah. to aren't we <laughs> I'm not obsessed with it. Um, okay, so I'll do my one next then. Um, my first one is going to be Morrigan from um, Dragon Age 1 and 2. I haven't come across her in uh, the third one, Inquisition, yet. <laughs> I can't remember what happened to her in the first one, but in the second one, but I don't think she, she died. I think she was still in there. But her costume is just bonkers because i i really like it actually i i've um but we have talked about it before um and i just but i i i have spent quite a lot of time wondering quite how she gets it to stay in place (laughs) so um i'm guessing yeah (laughs) witchy witchy magic witchy magic and um and maybe some tape I think that's that's how 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 the celebs do it. So uh, so yeah, I'm guessing that. And I think the thing about Morgan is is obviously this is a uh, this is quite a sexualized outfit. But Morgan's quite an interesting character because she is actually a a very powerful um, creature, and she is a she doesn't take any crap. You know, she she is she's she's not. She wears what she wears because that's what she wants to wear, not because she's conforming to anyone's expectations or because she's trying to appeal to anyone else. And I think that's really nice because we, you know, we talk a lot about what women should and shouldn't wear. And so it's nice to sort of see that, you know, you can wear whatever you want to wear. And if it's revealing, that's your that's your choice. But, you know, it's not always about 
um, oppression. It's um, and I think in Morrigan's case, there was nothing. There was nothing oppressed about Morrigan really, other than other than that she's female in the world. <laughs> so, yeah, no, I like this outfit. She's such a great character. She's got such like oh, energy. Yeah, like, talking to anyone, she at any point she would just go oh, walk off because you yeah. don't because she doesn't care about you. <laughs> um, and I remember some uh, I, in the first game, like this storyline of her trying to have this weird demonic baby with someone. Uh, I can't remember what happened. She's she's very she's really interesting. And I love her, her yeah. the um the actress who plays her as well. Yeah. Fantastic voice. Yeah. I think she's got a little bit too much makeup on, but you know, <laughs> that's her choice, isn't it? So okay then Matt, who's your second an hour fourth? Okay. Uh, I'll just try and find uh, a picture of what and this is. I know I know exactly which one I want to finish on, uh, mm-hmm. but until then, my next one will be. Oh no! Oh, which one should I do? Uh, okay, I'll go with the this one. Okay. So, from Death Stranding, one of my favourite games of all time. This is Higgs, the um, one of the main villains. So he's the leader of uh, these terrorists in this mm-hmm. uh, dystopian world, um, and he has control. He can control the um, monsters, the BTs, the beach things, these slick, black, oily, uh, dead things from the other side, from uh, death, which is what the beach represents. Um, played by Troy Baker, another one of my one of the best actors in gaming. Um, he's sort of like, his name is Higgs, which he's taken from Higgs boson, the god particle. Mm. Um, he's wearing all this black, but if you look at his cape, it's got the golden livery of a, um, a pharaoh's sort of like, you know, their mm. like cobra thing, very heavily inspired by ancient Egypt. And he's obsessed with ancient Egypt because Egypt was, um you you might you maybe maybe you've heard of this that's how you've got your ha and you've got your car mm-hmm. um so that's your body and your soul and uh so he, that's a lot about death stranding is all about death and connectivity and um learning about how everyone has your heart and your car and sometimes those can be separated um and he's got his own his own bridge baby um, and his own special um, Odra deck unit, which is the thing poking over his shoulder that points to where BTs are. And he's got this incredible skull mask and the hood, and it's just this massive presence that really feels powerful and dangerous and mm-hmm. unstable. And it's mm-hmm. oh, yeah, extremely cool. It's interesting that he picked a villain. I didn't think to pick a villain, but I suppose they do have some of the more interesting outfits in video games. And a, a hero is only as good as his enemy. Mm. So without the enemy, what's the point in the hero? I think it's really interesting how much thought has gone into the the meaning and the and the symbolism in what he's wearing as well. Yeah. As I said about the cape that he's got on his hood and his cape and all of that it's it's yeah 
Good. Good work. Okay, Alex, who's next? Okay, well, this one is a rather iconic one. And I'm going to bring it out of the bag again. It is classic Laura. So um, I hope you don't mind me mentioning it again. You'll have to start a tally or something in, in the comments, the amount of times I mention Laura. But, uh, you know, it is pretty much you've got your brown boots, there you go, and then brown shorts, short shorts. And uh, a lot of people call it a blue tank top, but I always said it was green. I don't know. Might be my oh. colour blindness. I'm not sure. I just thought it was green, and then I read somewhere in a magazine that it was blue, and I was like, "But surely not green. <laughs> Mint green. But, Mint uh, green. Yeah, yeah, yeah." And then the gun holsters around the um, around the legs as well. Um, it's and the and the finger gloves, fingerless gloves. I used to have a pair of fingerless gloves that I cherished as a child. Can anyone tell I was slightly obsessed? Um, <laughs> but yeah, you know, it's just iconic and you can recognise it as Lara Croft purely just from that, that outfit. You know that it's Lara. So it's uh, probably one of the more memorable outfits from games, I would say, at least for me. And she's she's barely changed, you know, like her actual mm. outfit has barely changed over the years. I think I played one where you could change what she wore a little bit. That's right, yeah. Um, but, I think um, uh, Tomb Raider Legend had the most customization. Mm. Um, you had a lot of different outfits for that, depending on which part of the world you were in. There was a, I think I remember a very, very scantily clad Lara when she was in Tokyo. You go in like this really tight black dress and then she does all this sort of Velcro noise and it turns into one that she can actually run in, um, <laughs> which is hilarious because it's basically two strips of black material on her front and her back with a slit that goes right up to basically her waist, um, which is ridiculous, but, you know, it's probably more practical. Um, so you just spend the whole level running around barefoot, which I found also quite hilarious. So yeah, in terms of classic Lara, you know, you know that's a dead set, dead set for Lara. So yeah. yeah, it's interesting to think about how she's evolved or not, depending. Yeah, she's. You could you could do a lot of studies, I think, on mm. Lara. So. Yeah. <laughs> she should. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, I'm, I've um, I've cheated a bit on my on my last two actually, but we'll start with 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 the first one which is um i was going to go with Fortnite, um because they the the Fortnite costumes are just awesome i mean i've talked about how i think this is an overrated game and you know it's not my style of game at all but i do think that you know this is just one selection of of one set of costumes that they had um and i just think you know it's just really cool the whole idea of these customizable costumes is just such a great idea it's from a from a business perspective it's it's inspired and you know many people have spent a lot of money on it and i i've definitely had conversations with my daughter about um when when she was into fortnite about you know that you're spending money on a virtual thing that you can't do anything with and you're going to get bored of and it's never going to get used but you know that is what people want to do and and i think customization you know as we were just saying about lara you know there's there is a really 
positive thing to customizing. You know, we we like to customize our characters, and I just think Fortnite is has just some really amazing costumes. A lot of them are um, hypersexualized. I think on both extremes. I think for both the male and the female characters. However, they're still really cool, and you know, there are definitely ones where I'm like, you know, yay, let's go kill people in a bunny costume. <laughs> and you know, I love this guy here on on his little pinata donkey and (laughs) yeah so i think it's i think it's got a lot of fun and it allows people to personalize something that is actually quite a a, um a sort of soulless (laughs) killing game so i think you know it's it's fun i like it (laughs) um okay so matt your last one. Okay, last one. So going for from extravagance to the understated, I have Agent 47 mm-hmm. from Hitman. That is, he has looked the same for the last, I think, 20-something years with this stunning black suit, white shirt, and the blood red tie with the blood red lining of the coat. So cool. And again, just like the just like with his head and face and hairstyle, just minimal. But if you saw him anywhere, you'd instantly go, Agent 47. No one else has ever looked like this. There are a billion suits. Everyone wears a suit. But he stands out instantly which is hilarious considering he's his main uh talent is blending in wherever he may be but he's so obvious and stands out everywhere and uh, in the latest trilogy you can uh disguise yourself as almost anyone you come across and you still manage you blend in perfectly you can blend in perfectly everywhere and it's just it's so awesome and uh, i i'd love i've i've always worn a red tie whenever i wear a suit because it looks so cool in him man has he always has has he has his outfit changed at all in the years is it, it's always been exactly the same this is his signature suit he has several variations that mm. you can um you can use but this is the this is the og suit Mm-hmm. okay very cool okay alex which is yes. your last one so my last one i'm driving back into assassin's creed but a later entry in the series and it comes from assassin's creed syndicate which is one of my favorite assassin's creed games i think it's underrated but we can probably discuss that another time so this is evie fry and she is the um, sister of the brother, twin brother and sister that you can play. And there's one part, obviously, in the game where you have to infiltrate Buckingham Palace. And you can only do that while you're attending Queen Victoria's, uh, I can't remember what it is, some kind of ball. So obviously you have to wear a massive ball gown um, and sort of you can only walk around in it, which I think illustrates perhaps some of the limitations of Victorian dresses at the time, which is that you can only walk. Uh, she couldn't run like in her normal bog standard assassin's outfit. Um, but I just really think it's an amazing dress. 
and it did stick with me at the time when I was playing because of course a lot of the carpet in uh, Buckingham Palace is red so it just sort of it looked really cool in the in the whole environment and uh, it's it's a it was a nice diversion from uh, being able to sort of run around freely to find yourself having to slow down and and take in the palace and sort of gradually find your way through to where you needed to go, uh, which was really cool. I love how sort of uncomfortable and out of place she mm. looks. Yeah, she does. Doesn't she? Yeah. Yeah. I don't think she enjoyed wearing it. I, mm-hmm. I think I remember her <laughs> remarking about how uncomfortable it was in the corset and all sorts of things. Um, so yeah, it definitely sticks out as one of my favourite moments in the game, for sure. I think it's really good that 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 they that the outfit impacted how she was able to mm. move around. Yeah. I think that's really good, and I think it's because often they wear these ridiculous outfits and just carry on with whatever yeah. it is that they're doing in whatever they happen to be wearing. So I think that's quite nice because. You know, I think the reality is that yeah, we're we're all very different in whatever we're wearing. Really cool, very beautiful dress. I wonder if they where they modelled it on. If there was, if there's an actual one of those out there somewhere. Mm. Well, I'm going to ruin, you know, move away from all of this this elegant beauty, and and I'm going to go with um with Final Fantasy of um. I've got two two images just because I wanted to sort of show the diversity really because um we again we've talked a lot about how final fantasy is really sexualized and the girls often wear very short shorts and short skirts and low cut tops and as demonstrated here by the little cat-eared creature I can't remember her name but um but I just think it's really cool. They're just really cool outfits. They're always they always have um, a lot going on. There's always you know like floaty bits and long socks and it's just and the 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 the, the male characters are just as as fancy as the female characters. And I think you know it's just really intriguing, fun. I think there's a lot of like cosplay opportunities there and. You know, I just I I will often roll my eyes at characters, but I I think you know visually they're so appealing and interesting to look at and fun to watch and and you know I think there is a lot of thought does go into their costumes and a lot there is a lot of meaning in everything that they wear and um, so yeah so I think that for me the Final Fantasy costumes are yeah really fun and interesting. So, does anyone have anything they want to add before we wind up? No, mm-hmm. I've said everything. Okay. Yeah. Brilliant. Okay, well, that's our top eight done. Um, and um, we'd like you to like and share and subscribe. Um, and if you can give us a review um, and stars wherever you get your podcast from, um, because that's really what actually gets us noticed and gets us seen and comment and tell us what you think about our choices of costumes tell us if you think we've missed anyone um anything and if you think we've got it wrong (laughs) no don't tell us that only tell us if you think we've got it right um and you can find us wherever you get your podcast from and we're also on youtube facebook twitch basically everywhere so um so yeah 
follow us and we'll see you again next time. Bye. Mm -hmm. We hope you enjoyed that episode of Gaming the System. If you want to support us, you can donate to us through our PayPal by sending it to wearegamingthesystem at gmail.com if you want to send us a one-off donation. If you want to donate to us monthly, you can subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com slash gamingthesystem. Until next time, bye-bye.